Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. Hey, I want to welcome all of you at all of our campuses, Bluntstown, Shipley, Fairhope, Wakala, and uh, Mariana. We are so glad that you're with us as we are in week four of our series entitled Wonderland. And as we've asked you throughout this series, here's the big question. What do you wonder? What, what do you wonder? And there may be a lot of different things that you wonder about, but I think all of us at some point in time in our life, we wonder about this one thing. We all together have this in common. We wonder, like, what on earth am I here for? Or does my life really matter? In fact, one of the things I've discovered from traveling to different places, different places in our world, and that is this. You can basically go to almost any corner on our planet, and every person from every culture to some degree is asking these questions about purpose. They have this wonder about, does my life really matter? Is my life really going to count? What on earth am I here for? So the question becomes this, well, why do you think that all of us, all of humanity has this question? And, and we would suggest it's because we are hardwired for purpose. That God created us with this desire to do something that matters with our life, to do something that's significant, to be great. But if you've been with us for the last three or four weeks, what we've discovered is this, and if you haven't, this will kind of catch you up, and that is this. Jesus said there's really only one way to greatness. And it's not by what we normally or naturally would think. It's, it's not by making life all about you. So what we said in week one is this, is we said that we're going to do our best to help every one of us to stop doing life looking in the mirror where we are the central focus of it and it's all about us and we want to spend more time helping you discover how to look out the window. Because see, when you do life looking in the mirror, you, you miss the whole point of life because, see, you weren't created to do life with you as the central focus of your life. And as we discovered in week two, it's, it's not about you. And, and if you make your life all about you, you miss that wonderland of all of God's purpose that is all around you. And that's why we said in week three, asking the question, you know, what's God's plan for my life or what's God's purpose for my life? That's the wrong question. Because see, it keeps the focus just on you. And the problem with that is, is when, when we make plans for our life, when the focus is just on us and, and we go out and we start making plans for our life and, and then we look at God and say, okay, God, I've got these incredible plans for my life. You're invited to my plan. And then God doesn't show up and engage in my plan or bless my plan the way we want him to bless our plans, what happens is, is when we're the central focus, what we do is we either get angry with God, we either get disillusioned with God, or we lose our faith in God. In fact, if I can be just a little bit transparent and blunt at the same time, here, here's kind of what I discovered about myself several years ago, and, and I've discovered as a pastor over the last 20-something years of talking to people about their life purpose, that, that when we say, most of us, when we say, well, I want to discover my purpose for life, most of us, when we say that, we actually mean something like this, that we want to discover a way to kind of bend God into our purpose for our life. And we want to say, God, here, here's my plans. Now I need you to show up and, and bless these plans and make them work. And, and it's why most of us, we get stuck when life doesn't work the way that we planned. 
We get all stuck when life doesn't get planned, and, and we get angry at God, or we get disillusioned with God, or, or we start losing faith in God. Here's what I've discovered in the last 20-something years about myself and other people. If you are actually focused on discovering God's purpose for your life, and, and you really believe that God will fulfill his purpose and plan no matter what the circumstances in this world are, then when your circumstances are not like you planned them to be, or your situation is not what you planned, you will not lose faith because God isn't holding up his end of the deal. Instead, here's what I've discovered. If you are serious about discovering God's purpose for your life, here's what you'll do. You'll lean in, and you'll start being curious, and you'll start saying, okay, God, what are you up to? And what are you doing in this season of my life? Which is why we said in week three of this series is that the better question is this, what's God's purpose? Not, not what's my purpose or God, what is my purpose? It's what's God's purpose? What's he doing in this world? Because here's the thing, once it's not about you, then you will clearly see what you were created to do. Which means this, until we learn to do our lives looking out the window, focused on serving all of those that are around us, all of those people that are out there, we will never be great and our purpose in life will never make sense. But that's so hard for all of us to do, to take this mirror where we are the central focus of our life and lay it down and start doing life looking out the window to everyone else and everyone around us. Because the, the, the central question or the question that really comes natural to all of us is this question right here. What's in it for me? Well, what's in it for me? In fact, whether we realize it or not, I mean, this question right here, it just echoes in the back of our minds almost every minute of every day. I mean, the gravitational pull every day of anything that happens, anything that's said, is to kind of revolve my life around what, what I want, what's in it for me. I mean, that's the nav natural gravitational pull, to just literally make it about me. What, what's convenient for me? What's easiest for me? What's best for me? Or whatever is going to make me the happiest. And if you're a Christ follower, you say something like this. Well, sure, I, I, I want to serve. And sure, I want to love. And, and I want to help others when I can. I don't want to feel selfish or anything, but I need to make sure I get what I want for me. I mean, that's just kind of the essence of our human nature, isn't it? And as long as we live with this question right here as the primary question in our mind, what's in it for me, we will never discover or fulfill our purpose in life. So what we've discovered is, is the better question than what's in it for me is this question here. What does love require of me? Because see, actually asking this question here and really following this and living it out, it puts us on the path to discovering why God put us on earth in the first place. So what does love require of me is the question that leads you down the path to discovering your purpose. So that's the path to kind of discovering the big picture of God's purpose for your life. But as we said last week, all of us, we really kind of want to know some of the specific details. 
So last week we began to dig in and, and look at what Jesus taught. And, and, and Jesus said, what you do if you really want to discover some of the specific details of where God is at work or what God wants, has for the purpose of your life, you look to see where God is at work around you. Because here's the good news. God will show you every day what he's doing if you make yourself available to see and listen. And then when you see what God is doing around you, you it's really an invitation for you to join him in that work. But most of us are going, okay, I get that, but I want to know a few more details. Because you kind of want to know what I want to know, and that is exactly what am I supposed to do with my life when it comes to God and, and other people? Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to kind of help begin to lay out a roadmap for you to help you discover that. In fact, in a letter to some Christians that were living in Ephesus, the Apostle Paul, he addresses this very issue. In fact, he starts in Ephesians chapter 1, kind of where we talked about last week. He said, you know, at the beginning of his letter in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, the starting point of discovering your purpose in life is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I mean, you have to know and you have to listen to the one who created you on purpose to discover your purpose. But then the Apostle Paul says, listen, once you've begun this relationship, then you can begin to look at how God created you to figure out what you should do. So today what we're going to do is we're going to show you one sentence that the Apostle Paul wrote. And, and out of the sentence, we're going to give you some tools that are going to help you unlock your unique design and even to begin to discover or put you on a path to discovering what God has uniquely designed you to do. In fact, I want you to look at what the Apostle Paul says with me in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Here's what he says. For we are God's handiwork. Now, this word handiwork right here, it literally means, you might want to write this down in your notes somewhere, it literally means masterpiece. In fact, the only other time that the Apostle Paul uses this word is in a letter to the Romans when he describes the masterpiece of God's creation. Now, here's the reality. Being a masterpiece, it carries some very important implications for us. For, for example, being a masterpiece means that you were custom designed by God. It means that you have infinite value and worth because of who created you and who designed you. See, God made you to be a unique masterpiece. You are one of a kind. Now, some of you are kind of like me, and someone told you, or multiple people told you from time to time that, hey, you're one of a kind, and it wasn't meant to be a compliment. I mean, it really wasn't. But here's the thing you got to understand. When God says, hey, you're one of a kind, you're my handiwork, you're my masterpiece, it was meant to be a compliment. See, he's saying, listen, there are no reproductions of you. There are no cheap knockoffs of you. You are specifically designed to be unique. In fact, the truth is, if you were not you, this is so important for you to get, if you were not you, then you would miss out or the world would miss out on you. That There would be like this hole in history. There would be this gap in God's creative genius. 
So the question becomes, okay, what makes you a masterpiece? What makes you uniquely you? How are you uniquely designed for your purpose? Well, here's what we discovered, and we've used this for the last 20 years to help people get on a path to discovering their purpose. And, and it was like it's been one of the best tools that we've ever had. And, and for some of this, you, this might be a little bit of a refresher, a reminder. Others of you, man, this is going to open up a whole new world for you. Because see, there are basically five elements that serve as a roadmap for you to discover your purpose in your life. And, and when you identify these five things that we're going to show you today, then you begin to understand how God created you to live out your purpose. So today, we're going to walk you through these five things that basically serve as a roadmap to your purpose in life. So the first thing that you should pay attention to of these five is this. It is your natural abilities. See, the truth is, we are all born with more natural abilities than what we realize. In fact, I'll never forget some years ago when I was kind of researching this whole thing of natural abilities, I began to realize there were, that we all have between 500 and 700 natural abilities. Don't miss that. Every one of us are born with somewhere between 500 and 700 natural abilities. For example, so some of you are just great with numbers. So some of you just have great mechanical ability. Some of you have natural gifting or ability to communicate. Some of you just have the ability, anything you touch, you just are able to make it grow. Some of you are able to take like complex concepts and, and really make them simple. And some of you have the ability to write things in ways that people really understand. Some of you, you have the ability to manage things or to build things or to make money or to find good deals. And that's, that, my, my wife and daughters think that that's their natural ability to find good deals you know that kind of thing they'll come home and they'll say hey we saved all this money today and I go well how much did you spend and here's what I've discovered they always spend more than they save but that's just a whole nother thought see a lot of us we think they have we have natural abilities for a lot of things and we do we do in fact here's the thing that helps you understand something's a natural ability when other people ask you how do you do that and you think I don't know I've never thought about it it's just easy I can't believe everybody can't do that. And then when you see other people that can't do it, you think, well, why can't they do that? That's just so easy. Here's why it's easy for you, but more complicated or complex for other people or difficult for other people. It's a natural ability for you. You should never downplay your natural abilities. And we see people doing that all the time. Something that's natural, easy, you go, oh, well, anybody should be able to do this. And we downplay our natural abilities and overlook them. So this is the first piece to the custom masterpiece that is you. And you should never overlook your natural abilities. That's the first piece. The second piece is your personal passions. Now, your personal passions, they are the things that motivate you. I mean, the, your passions are the things that just charge you up and they energize you. In fact, this is the way I like to tell most people. Your personal passions are the things that get you out of the bed in the morning. You know, they're the things that when you wake up in the morning, it's like, yes, I want to go because this is, this is my passion. So your passion are the things that you're very interested in. They're the kind of things that when you do them or you're involved in them, I mean, like time just flies by. Now, here's something that's important for all of us to, to know, and that is this. All of us have different personal passions. See, there are some things that you're very passionate about, 
that God did not wire other people to be passionate about. And there are some things that other people are passionate about that God did not wire you to be passionate about. So our passions are very different. For example, for some of you, you're passionate about helping kids grow into great adults. Others of you, you're passionate about justice in this world. Some of you are passionate about just solving hunger or homeless problems. Or some of you are like passionate about helping teenage moms. Just helping them move forward. Others of you, you're, you're just like passionate about helping people find financial freedom. Or some of you men, and man, I'm so proud of you guys that are doing this on different campuses. You're just passionate for reaching out to fatherless sons. You just want to help young men who don't have a father have a great father in their life. That's what you want to do. See, your personal passions, those are the things that energize you. And you believe that everybody else in this world should be as passionate as you are about them. That's how you know it's a personal passion. So what is it that energizes you? You you need to identify your passions. That's the second piece to discovering your purpose now there's a third piece and that is this it's your unique personality it's your unique personality see we we're all wired differently and you need to understand how god has wired you for for example some of you you're just like energized by being around people others of you you need some alone time to recharge Others of you, you like structure, and others of you, you love to be spontaneous. You don't want any structure, right? And here's the interesting thing. This is God's sense of humor. God tends to take a man and a woman who are completely opposite. One likes structure, one likes to be spontaneous, and puts them together in marriage. And then he just gets to watch a comedy show for the rest of their marriage, right? I mean, isn't that funny? You know, before you get married, it's like, oh, you're so spontaneous. I love that about you. And then it's afterwards like, could you just stick with a plan? You know, that kind of thing. Or before it's like, oh, you just pay attention to so many details. I really love that about you. And then it's like, could you loosen up? I mean, you got to know your personality, right? So you prefer to plan things or just make it up as you go. Some of you are more focused on people side of things. Others of you are more focused on the project side of things. You know, some of you, it's about more of who you're doing something with than than what you're doing. Some of you are very creative. Some of you are very calculated. See, God gave you a unique personality because you need it to fulfill your purpose in life. And please hear my heart on this. For probably the first 20 to 25 years of my life, I hated who I was. I hated my personality. And there are some of you that walked into one of our campuses, maybe somebody in Fairhope or Wakala or Chipley or Bluntstown or Mariana. You, you walked into one of our campuses and, and you don't like yourself. In fact, maybe you despise yourself. I hated myself because I have such a driven personality, such a just aggressive personality. And I was always like, God, why did you make me like this? Why didn't you make me like somebody else? And many of you have come into our campuses, one of our campuses, and that's how you feel. Listen, God gave you the personality you have to fulfill the purpose that he has for you. And I'll never forget when that became a reality in my life. And I remember the day that God just spoke into my heart, Paul, you need to love you like I love you so that you can do what I've created you to do. And for some of you today, that's what God is speaking to you. He's saying to you, you just put your name in the blank. 
you need to love you like God loves you so that you can do what God created you to do. And I begin to pray from that point on, God, just take the rough edges off of my personality, but I just want to love me. And I don't love me in an in a inappropriate, prideful way, but love me so I can love other people well. And that's what some of you need to pray. You need to get to the place with your personality where you can say that, as David did in Psalms 139, I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made, and my soul knows that quite well. And that's what God wants some of you to hear today. That you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. And he wants your soul to know that quite well. You need to be you so you can do what God designed you and created you to do. Now your personality is never an excuse to treat other people badly. But it is important to fulfill what God created you to do. So that's the third thing. There's a fourth part. And that's your life experiences. See, God uses all of your life experiences. And when we say God uses all of your life experiences, we mean God uses all of your life experiences. I mean, some of you have experiences that you regret. Some of you have experiences that were very traumatic. Some of you have experiences that other people have never had or very few people have had. Listen, you should not try to overlook or outrun any of your experiences. Because if you will let God, God will redeem all of them. God will use them, the good ones, the bad ones, the ones that you're proud of, the ones that make you feel shame, the ones that you're happy about, the ones that you're sad about. See, God doesn't waste anything that you go through. So don't try to run and hide from your experiences. Because your life experiences, they play a very important role in your fulfilling your purpose in life, fulfilling your ministry. So what we do is we embrace our life experiences and we let God redeem them. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to take all of those life experiences and use them to help someone else through your experience. And then finally, you, you need to consider your spiritual gifts. Now this one can be a little bit confusing, but it's not really as mystical as it sounds. See, a spiritual gift is something that God gives you when you choose to follow Jesus. In fact, you get more than one spiritual gift. That's why we say you have spiritual gifts. And a spiritual gift is something that maybe you weren't able to do that was just kind of natural. It wasn't natural for you before. But then once you started following Jesus, now God comes along and he helps you to do that because you need that to fulfill your purpose in your life. So, for example, some of you, when you started following Jesus, all of a sudden you said, oh, I can help people understand, like, Christian ideas spiritual ideas things about god i didn't even realize i had that realize i had that ability but that's natural for me some of you you realize that you were gifted at kind of helping people understand why it's important to follow jesus and and make him number one in your life for others of you you found that you had the ability to lead and influence people to invest their lives in things that matter to make wise choices to get on the right path or others of you all of a sudden you woke up one day and you go man i have this ability to show mercy and kindness and compassion to so many different kind of people and i, I never realized i had that before or some of you said man i just have this measure of wisdom and discernment or some of you like all of a sudden go, I, I just, I love to entertain and, and make people feel welcome. And you have this gift of hospitality that you didn't realize before. Or some of you, all of a sudden you just go, man, I just had this incredible measure of faith. I, I can trust God for really big things. See, those are all spiritual gift kind of things. And, and they happen when you start following God. You begin to realize, wow, this is, 
this is just real in my life and I never knew that before. Some of you have kind of discovered some of your spiritual gifts and and you're leading this fall, you're leading some small groups for us and, and either you're using your spiritual gift of leadership or your spiritual gift of hospitality or discernment or exhortation to really build in and to lead other people. And, and we want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Because what we say here at RCC is, is really our small group leaders, they truly are the pastors of our church. Because they're up close and personal with so many of you. I mean, every week. And they're building your life and, and equipping you and discipling you. And, and if you're a small group leader, thank you, thank you so much. So, yeah, that's right. Give it up on all of our campuses, for all the small group leaders. Thank you, yeah. Let's, yeah. So, so that's what spiritual gifts are, and you need to identify that. But not only do you need to identify that, you need to identify what your natural abilities are, your personal passion, your new personality, your life experiences, your, your spiritual gifts. And here's what happens. When you identify those, guess what you'll begin to discover? You will begin to discover your purpose you, you'll begin to discover what makes you uniquely you, you you'll see here, here's the cool part of this you'll begin to see what a masterpiece you really are see these things right here they become the map that points you to the purpose that god has for you they they, they reveal the pieces that you need in your life to do what god has designed you to do now don't miss what i'm going to say next you can identify all five of these areas of your life. You, you can identify all these things, and you can still miss your purpose in life. And we've watched people do this for the last 20-something years. They're able to identify all these things, and they still miss their purpose by being selfish with them. People do it all the time. They, they will misuse They'll, they'll misapply, they'll misdirect like their abilities or their passions and their experiences because they won't put down the mirror. They won't put it down and, and look out the window to see how they can use all of these things for the benefit of others. They assume that these things are for their benefit or they want them for their benefit. And you know what we discovered? That people that take these five things, identify them, and then they just become self-indulgent. You know, you know what, we decide, what we discovered? Is they end up being miserable and unfulfilled. So make sure you don't miss this. God did not make you a masterpiece primarily for you. He made you a masterpiece for others. To benefit others. In fact, here's how the Apostle Paul describes this in the rest of this verse. He says, for we are God's handiwork, literally God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. In other words, the Apostle Paul says, listen, you are created by God to contribute more than you consume. In fact, you could say, if you wanted to start this kind of discovering your purpose in life, Here's, here's the question that you really would need to ask, and that would be this. How can I use my natural abilities, my talents, you know, my gifts, my life experiences, my spiritual gifts, my, my, my personality? How can I use, you put in, fill in the blank, for the good of others? 
For, for example, some of you, you know, how can I use my ability that I'm, I'm good with numbers? How can I use that for the good of others? Or how can I use my experience of growing up without a father for the benefit of others? Or how can I use my passion for fixing things for the benefit of others? How can I take this unique mix masterpiece that God has made me to be and use it for the good of others? Not, not just to consume more for me, but con to contribute to the good of others. See, th this is the question that you need to ask yourself. And you need to ask this until you begin to understand it. In fact, this water, one of the reasons we'd encourage you to get in a group, because then you can discuss it with some people who are learning to know you, and, and they can go, well, hey, you know, I see this in you, and I see this in you, and, and this might even be something good. They can help you begin to answer this question. And the other thing I'd encourage you to do is really pray about it. Sincerely pray about it. And ask God to help you be able to see out the window into this world that he has created. Because here's the thing. If you never discover the answer to this question, if you never take the time to answer this question, you'll never find your purpose in life. Because it's only when it's not about you that you can see clearly what you were created to do. In fact, notice how the Apostle Paul goes on and says this. For we are God's handiwork, his, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I'm just going to tell you, this part of this whole verse, it should just really blow your mind. Because literally what the Apostle Paul is saying is, before you were ever born, God planned you on purpose for a purpose. He designed you with a custom design to benefit and make a difference in this world. In fact, I'll never forget when this verse became really real to me, and I had to decide, do I believe it or not? I, I was teaching in a prison. I, I taught in a prison um, for eight years, and I have anywhere from like 50 to 100 guys, depending on the season, and, and I, I was probably about 19 or 20, and I was teaching through the New Testament, and we were in the book of Ephesians, and, and I'm taking them verse by verse through, through this book, and and unpacking it. And I remember standing in front of about 75 inmates that evening. And guys who had sentences anywhere from probably three to four years to some of them had life. And reading this verse. For we are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece. And I remember looking at it going, you're God's masterpiece. In my mind, I'm saying this as I'm reading this out loud. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Do I believe that or not? which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I remember there was this moment in time when I, I'm, I'm trying to teach this lesson to these guys. At the same time, I'm struggling and saying, God, is this really real? And I remember the Spirit of God saying, Paul, this is real. Teach this with passion. These guys need to understand that no matter what they've done in their past, it does not negate the purpose that I have for them, including those who have a life sentence. I'll never forget hearing that in my voice, in my head. And I want to say something. Some of you, when you read this verse and you go, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You think, oh, that's everybody else. I could never, I could never fulfill God's purpose. I've messed up my life way too much. And God says, no, no, no. There are some things I prepared for you to do. And if you lean in and quit looking in the mirror and you start looking out the window, 
I promise you, we'll get it done. It's kind of like the Apostle Paul saying, hey, here's what God did. God said, listen, here's what I'm going to do in this world during their lifetime or this person's lifetime. So I'm going to create them with just the right tools to do that with me. I'm going to give them the abilities. I'm going to give them the personality. I'm going to give them the the passion. I'm going to give them the, the personal life experiences to come along and serve beside me. Like this world is going to need this person in this moment. So I'm going to design them to make sure they're ready. So God, plan your purpose in advance. In fact, let me just kind of summarize what the Apostle Paul believed about every one of us, and I believe this too, and that is God created you to make a custom contribution in this world. In fact, that's why we've kind of launched this whole four initiative, because it's not about you. It's about serving well the people around you. It's deciding, I'm going to choose to let my focus be on the people around me and how I can use my passion and my personality and my life experiences and my spiritual gifts to help make it better for the people around me. See, you were uniquely designed. You were designed to make a a custom contribution in this world by serving the people around you. Let me just kind of give you a little secret on this. Who you are doesn't make you unique. What you do, literally how you serve others with what God has given you, that's what makes you unique. It's kind of like James, the brother of Jesus, wrote some years after Jesus has gone back to heaven and James is helping to launch the church. He said, you know, it's all in the doing. It's, it's all of living out your faith by serving others. So what James is saying is, listen, you, you weren't put on this earth to just consume for yourself. But there's no one that can make this contribution to the world quite like you because, as the Apostle Paul said, there's nobody that's been created quite like you. See, that's how unique your contribution is to the world. So here's our challenge to all of you at all of our campuses this week. Will you spend some time reflecting on how God made you? Maybe you just need to take this list of those five things we gave you. And you need to look through them and say, okay, what are some of my natural talents? You know, what, what is unique about my personality that gives me strengths? You know, what about my life experiences? And probably you need to talk to some friends just saying, help me understand this. And, and then you need to help find some help and, and we'll be glad. Let us know and we'll help you figure out how to intersect all this in your life because you probably need some wisdom or discernment to kind of help you figure out how to serve others better. But there's no doubt that the thing that God designed you to do is to serve others. He wired you to uniquely serve others in some capacity. Because here's why. You are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Which means any time that you see God at work, you join him in that work. And when you do what God created you to do, you're fulfilling his purpose for your life. And for some of you, I mean, this is just so hard for you to wrap your minds around because you don't value yet. You were so much like I was in my early 20s. You don't value how God made you. 
And you look in that mirror every morning and, and you feel like, man, I just feel so insignificant. And, and you say things like I used to say, and you go, well, I'm just this, or I'm only that, or if I was more like this, or if I was more like that. And God in heaven is like jumping up and down going, are you kidding me? Man, I planned you on purpose for a purpose. I planned your purpose in advance, and, and then I custom designed you to fulfill it. How can you think that you're not significant? Please hear me, folks. Never confuse prominence with significance. Ne- never confuse the two. See, you may, you, you may never lead hundreds or thousands of people. You may not have thousands and thousands of people know your name. I mean, you may not make a lot of money and own a lot of stuff. And you might not stand up on a stage in front of a lot of people. But don't miss this. One second on the other side of eternity. And you'll realize all of that stuff that you thought mattered doesn't really matter to God. Because greatness is not defined by prominence. Greatness is defined by serving God's purpose for your life, by serving others. Please don't ever forget this truth. Every time you serve someone, you serve God's purpose for your life. And until you're willing to serve someone, you'll never discover what God's purpose is through you to everyone. Don't miss what I just said there. See, every time you serve someone, you serve God's purpose for your life. And until you are content and willing to just serve someone, you will never discover what God's purpose is through you to everyone. And you know how we know that? Well, a couple weeks ago, as we started out this series, we talked about how hard it was for Jesus' disciples to understand this. But then on the night of the Last Supper, they watched Jesus serve them by washing their feet and And then he gave his life for them on the cross, and they never questioned their path to greatness again. Remember that? As a matter of fact, after Jesus had left and God had used these guys to start the church, I mean, it just exploded with thousands of people who believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. But guess what these guys did? These 12 guys, you know what they did? They didn't get sucked into the spotlight, and they didn't let people start treating them like celebrities. They started serving people. In fact, you might want to write this reference down and read it in the first part of Acts chapter 6. But in Acts chapter 6, it tells us that the disciples, the apostles, were spending so much time like serving people, delivering food to the widows every day, that it became a problem for the church because it's growing. And they're like, you need to lead us and you're out here serving. So these guys were so busy serving, they didn't have time to do what God had uniquely gifted them to do, which was to teach Everyone, everyone, everything that Jesus taught them because they had this unique opportunity to hang out with Jesus for three years. So the people in the church said, hey, listen, guys, you got to stop delivering the food. You got to let some of us do that. I mean, you spent all this time with Jesus, learning from Jesus, understanding Jesus. So now you need to take your time and teach us what Jesus taught you. And the disciples like, no, 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 no. We remember what Jesus taught us. I mean, like one day we were arguing about who's going to be the most prominent and most powerful in this kingdom we thought he came to establish on this earth. And Jesus looked at us real quickly and said, not so with you. 
That's not how my kingdom works. It's an other-centered kingdom where, where the greatest becomes the servant. No big shots in my kingdom. And these, and these apostles, these disciples are going, so we're just going to serve. And the church had to convince them, hey, the best way you can serve us is by teaching and, and by prayer and to stop delivering the food. You just got to, you know, they're like, this is your unique custom design that God has created you to do. So kind of here's the big question. Will you take the time to identify how God has uniquely made you and then connect the dots between your design and what God is doing around you and what God is doing in you and your purpose? And here's what we know. All of this can be a little bit overwhelming and, and you can start, start thinking, I don't know how I fit into all of this kind of stuff or how all this fits together and, and I'm not really sure clear what my ministry or my mission is in the church or the world around me and, I, and how do I know, you know that God wants me to use my gifts and abilities and, and my experiences? How, how do I know all of this stuff? We're glad you ask because see, there is one guiding principle that will answer all of those questions for you. And we want you to have that answer. And we'll share it with you next Sunday. So before we close out, though, I need to connect one other thing that help you understand why what we talked about today is so important. Have, have any of you ever wondered something like this? Have you, have you ever watched something happen in the world and you thought, how could a good God let that happen? I mean, a good God would never allow that. I can't follow a God in this world who allows that kind of suffering or evil in this world. Here's a question. What if God is not ignoring that suffering? What if God is not absent from that pain? What if God custom created some people for the very purpose of addressing that suffering or of healing that pain, alleviating that suffering but they're not doing it. Well, what if they're not using their custom design to deal with the suffering and the pain and the evil? Maybe the fault doesn't lie with God. Maybe it lies with some of us. See, here's why we bring this up. See, you have no idea what hangs in the balance of, you, of your decision to live out God's purpose for your life. You don't have no idea of the lives that will be changed. You have no idea of the suffering that will be alleviated, what evil might be stopped. See, you have no idea how the future of other people can be better. And you don't know who's going to be hurt if you don't use your masterpiece for the benefit of them. You don't know what needs are going to go unmet. Listen. Can you imagine, could you imagine what could happen if we became a group of people at all of our churches who understand how God created us and then we align our custom design with where he's at work around us? Can, can you imagine what could happen if, if we used our design to contribute more into our communities than what we consume? I mean, if we choose to serve far more than be served, if we decided that we're going to do what love requires. See, we believe with all our heart that it could launch us as a church to living in the wonderland of purpose that is bigger than ourselves and bigger than we could ever imagine. And more than that, we believe you could look back on your life one day and go, wow, look what we did.
Well, mostly God and a little bit of me, but it's absolutely amazing. And know that you fulfilled the purpose that God had for your life. Will you pray for me, Heavenly, with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you um, for this incredible moment where we just get to pause and we get to reflect on, God, how you design each one of us uniquely. God, there are people who are on our campuses today and they walked in and they don't like themselves. And they don't believe that you can use them. There's others that like themselves, but they don't know that you could use them. They didn't believe that when they came in. May today be the day when we're all fully convinced that you created us as a masterpiece to do good works, which you planned in advance for us to do. And may we lean into that, and may we believe it with all our hearts, knowing that you'll open the doors every day as we step in. And together with you, joining you in your work, we will live a life of fulfillment and purpose. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.